From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Monday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive. Monday edition. It's great to be with you. I'm Joe McLean. Host of the Monday episode, a Monday version of the GRN Alive program across the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's radio for your soul, bringing you the good, the true, and the beautiful through a Catholic perspective, fanning the flame of Catholic awesomeness wherever it may be found across the GRN and social media. It's good to be on with you. We've got a, a difficult show ahead. Difficult show ahead today. We're going to be talking about uh, the riots from a police perspective. I've got a good friend of mine. Very committed Catholic evangelist friend, uh, incredible family man, husband and father, and a committed police officer. And uh, he and I had a great conversation last week, and he expressed to me how difficult these days have been for him and his family, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about that. And so I hope you'll tune in for that because it's a difficult topic, as you know. It uh, you know being beat down by the constant news cycle, the 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 watching the destruction unfold in front of us, a difficult subject. So we're going to talk about that from a Catholic perspective today on the GRN Live program. Plus, we've got a couple of headline news to discuss today. We're very excited to be uh, to be with you tomorrow morning. We kick off our Shareathon. Right, So it's that quarterly effort that we jump on the radio across the GRN and ask you, our dear listeners, to fan the flame of Catholic awesomeness through the power of Catholic media, through the power of Catholic radio across the GRN. That starts at 7 a.m. tomorrow. I hope you'll join us because together amazing things can happen and do happen across the GRN. Many conversions, reversions, you know, are experienced through this apostolate, and you make that possible. You make the impact possible. That starts at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Without uh, further ado, we have uh, Tim Mott here to read the headline news. We've got Teresa Camara with us. Uh, we have David Magianis running the board. Adrian Fonseca is not with us. He went on a road trip. He graduates college and then does that typical... I don't know, playing video games. I don't know what, what do college kids do these days? Well, he's probably doing a lot of prayer because he got accepted. Yes, I was going to say that. Go for it. I want you to announce it officially. I, I, I needed to tease him a little more first. Okay. So yes, there, he's definitely getting his chance to get some video games in there, I'm sure. I don't know. I, I, we're teasing. We're just, we're just having fun at his expense. He's not here, here to defend himself, so it's a good opportunity. Uh, he did get accepted into the Dominicans. So we're very excited for him. He will be uh, leaving for Washington, D.C., I think in another month or so. Um, so next next time we are live, which will not be next Monday, by the way, we will update you. Hopefully he'll be here and he'll give us the update and we can then tease him properly with him in studio. And I was talking to another seminarian who's up in the D.C. area right now, and he was saying that public masses are still not available where he's at. They're still not open, but he is Tragic. able to go because he is a seminarian. He is able to go to daily mass. So he he is offering up um, the Eucharist, the reception of the Eucharist for all those who cannot go to Mass right now. So um, hopefully very soon those those Masses will be open. Yes. Writing, yes. Uh, masses, no. 
That's part of my, part of my, my difficulty in this conversation. But uh, today we're going to be talking with Officer Jesus Robles uh, about all of this on the program today. I hope you'll tune in and stay a part of our program as we uh, go into prayer and then the headline news with Tim on. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Tim Mott. Nearly three months since the U.S. declared a national emergency over the new coronavirus, some states are reporting a rise in new cases as they lift restrictions meant to slow the virus's spread. California, Utah, Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, Arkansas, and Texas, among others, have all logged rises in confirmed cases, according to a Johns Hopkins tabulation of a five-day moving average. Meantime, New York City, the U.S. area hit hardest by the pandemic, has seen a drop in cases and deaths and plans to begin reopening its economy today. The Vatican said Saturday that the city-state no longer has any active positive cases among employees after a 12th person had tested positive in early May. Churches in Dane County, Wisconsin, will be permitted to operate at 25% capacity, it was announced Friday, after the Diocese of Madison threatened to sue on grounds of religious freedom if the county's previous reopening plans were not changed. On the 11th day of protest in New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio lifted the citywide curfew he had ordered last week after a spree of looting and other violence. And he pledged for the first time to cut the city's police funding and redirect some of the money to social services, a major concession to the protesters' demands. On Sunday, by 11 p.m., with most of the demonstrations over, there had been no reports of major confrontations or mass arrests. The Minneapolis City Council on Sunday voted to disband its police department and invest in community-based public safety programs following calls from activists to defund the police in the wake of George Floyd's death at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer. A man has been charged with the murder of retired St. Louis Police Captain David Dorn five days after a handful of looters broke into a pawn shop in North St. Louis City. Dorn was shot outside of Lee's Pawn and Jewelry on June 2nd. The Holy See Press Office announced Friday that Italian businessman Gianluigi Torzi has been arrested after he was interrogated as part of a Vatican financial investigation. Torzi played a crucial role in the controversial purchase of a London property development by the Secretariat of State. And finally, just days after submitting his resignation as bishop in the Diocese of Youngstown, Ohio, due to a recurrence of leukemia, Bishop George Murray S.J. has died, the diocese announced on Friday. Murray died on the morning of June 5th at Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital, New York. Funeral arrangements have not yet been announced. And those are your GRN headlines, Joe, for Monday, June 8th. St. Medard of Noyon. Pray for us. A very famous uh, saint who I'm sure you've never heard of whatsoever. I'm not familiar with that Saint one. Obscurity. <laughs> Saint Medard. You, you seem to pick out the ones I'm not familiar with. <laughs> Intentionally. And then, of course, the, the day that we had a feast of Our Lady, uh, Mother of God, it was also Saint, Saint Justin Martyr. And I was like, oh, one we know. And yes. I was like, okay, and there's no. two of them. Okay. Go ahead. I, I, yes. I love Our, Saint Justin the Martyr. So I geeked out on him a little bit last week. But this week, Saint Medard of Nyon, of fifth century in France. He was a young man who was given to uh, the faith uh, very early on, ordained at 33, a 
reluctant bishop of uh, Vermont in 530 and in 531 moved to the Sea of Nyon, France. Uh, very holy man, you know, attracted through his, his piety, through his charism of, of love and fidelity to the faith that attracted many people to himself. And there were many legends about uh, St. Medard of Nyon. Legend says that when he was a child... He was once sheltered from the rain by a hovering eagle right above his head. Oh, wow. Yes, that's a cool story. That's worthy of a mention right there. It's the most common depiction of him in art is with him and an eagle hovering above his head. In fact, uh, th- some people say that uh, you can depict the weather based on this, you know, good weather or bad weather. For people who work in the fields, legend has it that if the rains, if it rains on his feast day, the next 40 days will be wet. If the weather is good, the next 40 days will be fine as well. So in other words, on his feast day, which is today, if it rains today where you are, expect a lot more weather. So here it's going to be really hot for the next 40 yes. days. We're in Houston, so that's pretty much a guarantee. So that was the 5th century France. Let's fast forward to the 19th century in France. On this day, uh, June 8th, 1873, Our Lady appeared to a man named Arond, who was uh, a winemaker, had a vineyard, and he was caught, busted, cold busted, skipping Holy Mass Mm-mm. by Our Lady, the Queen of Heaven and Earth. And she was having none of it. You know, he regularly, apparently, skipped Mass in order to work in his vineyard, to care for the needs of his family. And uh, Our Lady uh, came to him and said, quote, you must not work on Sundays, unquote. Nothing like having Mama come chase you down. (laughs) I'm telling you. Right. In fact, she appeared to him twice, and, and the second time he was with his, uh, with like a fellow villa- villagers there, and she said again, "quote You must never work on Sunday. Blessed are those who believe." Unquote. June eighth, eighteen seventy three. Our Lady of Sunday, pray for us. Pray for us. So there you go. Never work. On Sunday. I actually had this conversation recently with a friend of mine, and he was explaining, and, and maybe you could add some clarity to this. Um, he was explaining, he had talked to a priest about this, and um, intellectual work is allowed, but it's it's the physical hard labor that is, you know, make holy the no. Sabbath. And, but I think that's the important part: is make sure that you are going to mass, make sure you're praying, make sure that you are focused. Yeah, you know, on making it holy. I remember listening to Dr. Scott Hahn years ago talk about the number of the beast in the Book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Six six six. Never a good thing, by the way. So uh, I think that House bill that came up a few weeks back, House Bill six 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 six. You know, like, this, like who's the intern that decided that number? Okay. Couldn't they have skipped one? Like, Actually, yeah. when I was okay. So anyway, anyway let me, before I miss my point, okay. <laughs> so uh, part of it is, you know, you're, it's it's obviously uh, sevens is the number of perfection. It's a covenant number in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Eight is the number of 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 the new creation, right? Mm-hmm. So on the eighth day, the Lord rose, all that, but. Uh, Part of it is we get stuck in this work mode. We become slaves to our work. And work is a good thing, but good things taking, taken out of context become bad things. And when we just become slaves to the work, we're working nonstop, even for a good reason. The ends don't justify the means, as they say. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord has given us this day of rest, to rest in Him and to be refreshed. And we must make a, an intended effort to put aside the work that we could be doing six other days to make holy the Sabbath. Absolutely. And never skip Holy Mass. Ever. 
Well, it's also a good time to actually take some time to spend time with your family and to teach them about those values that you have, especially regarding the faith. And so that that will help with a lot of the issues that we're facing in, you know, across the nation and, and around the world, just being able to teach those family values so that way you have that strength, you have that place where you know you can yeah. go home and you can be safe. And so having those, having that <clears throat> Sunday night dinner with your family, you know, um, I like to try to keep that up even after, well, our family tries to keep that up even after moving out, you know, just coming back and, yeah. and having that time. Yes, and if you're just joining us, thanks for hanging out. This is uh, GRN Live Monday. I'm Joe McLean. Dave Palmer hosts the Friday version of this show. But today we're going to be having a conversation in a little while with a good friend of mine, Officer Jesus Robles of the Houston Police Department. Uh, incredible guy, Catholic evangelist, husband, father. And uh, these have been difficult days, difficult days in light of what's been going on around our country and around the world, actually. And I think it's important for us to take a moment and remember the police officers who have put their lives on the line so that we have the freedom to express our opinions, our our voices, the freedom to ask for justice, the freedom to stand up and let our voices be heard. It's police officers who help to protect that right. And we are seeing calls all across the United States asking for defunding of, of police. Uh, that's insane. And we're going to be discussing that plus much more, what it's like to be a police officer in these dark times. Uh, we'll be discussing that later in the program with Officer Jesus Robles. A couple of things I wanted to mention first is um, Chairathon starts tomorrow. As I mentioned in the beginning of the program, we get on the air and ask for funding four times a year. And tomorrow starts the summer Chairathon. And, uh, we are uh, we're pretty excited. We're pretty pumped up for that because we get the volunteers back. Tim, uh, we missed the volunteers in March. It's kind of good to have the have our volunteers come back again. I really missed them, um, and it was it was not only harder to do it with just the GRN family, but uh, also lonely. Like yeah, right, we yeah. have a big party in Houston. Like yeah. when we host the call, and they have center. a lot of amazing food. So if you're in the area, yeah. <laughs> we we, we, uh, we um have actually had to. Uh, we haven't turned anybody away yet this time, but we are trying to keep the number down for social distancing, so I've uh, not done my usual promotion. So we're not going to have as big of a party here, <laughs> but we're still very excited to have people back in the studio. All starts 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Tune in, tune in. Be a part of, be a part of an impact that can go well beyond your home, your car, your community. It's an impact on souls around the GRN, and you can make that possible. So assist us by tuning in tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Shareathon starts, goes all the way to Friday. I also wanted to bring up um, Vigano. You know, he's been this guy is he's got a lot of time on his hands apparently. Well, he writes a lot. (laughs) Prayer and writing. But his letter to President Trump was actually very good. I'm not, I've always been a sort of a fan of Vigano, but the last several months I've just kind of been Viganoed out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, college Jewess, he wrote one more thing today. It's like, if you could just get everything you know out on paper so I that we can know it. I think it would be it, like a book and nobody like, would read it. So stop the slow drip thing, you know, <laughs> like stop like coming up with something new next week. I don't want to hear anything new. Just tell us everything you know and let's just put it out there. But his letter to to President Trump was actually quite good. Did you read it? I actually did not read it. Yeah. So I want to hear about it. Fill me in. Well, we're going to link to it uh, on our show notes. Okay, well, which I'll definitely we use read it. Facebook.com. <laughs> if you don't cover it today, I'm going to cover it next forward week. Forward slash GRN Online. <laughs> now, you know, he basically is saying, you know, to President Trump that there is much more at stake. And this is part of what I've been saying from the beginning of the COVID cr- crisis. 
You know, we are not dealing with flesh and blood, as St. Paul says, but with principalities, the powers of this age. We're de- this is a spiritual combat, and that's what Vigano is trying to say. But he makes this cryptic reference to Freemasons and, and to Satanism. Mm. And uh, uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall commented on this yesterday on his, uh, you know, looking at this particular letter from Vigano to Trump. And on this famous image that Satanists want to, like the statues they want to put up in D.C. or state capitals, Mm-hmm. Uh, with the goat man kind of thing, oh, you know. Yeah. That, that's the, that. see, okay. Yeah, they're so very on, creepy. On the forearms of this satanic statue, this idol is Solve and Coagula, right? And okay. basically, this is a reference to Freemasonry. It wants to destroy society so that it can rebuild society in its image. And he warns uh, President Trump of this, you know, that this is the agenda. This is at what's what's at stake, you know. And it, it, I had this flashback to boot camp, and our drill instructor would often say, "I'm going to destroy you so that I can remake you in my image," <laughs> you know. Uh. And it's very true, you know. You break people down, and I can remember second phase Camp Pendleton, California, and boot camp. You know, halfway through my three month boot camp there, and just sitting one day on Sunday afternoon. Like lost in thought, trying to remember what life was like prior to boot camp, and I couldn't remember. Uh-huh. Like I could not remember life prior to boot camp. I just sat there and thought, what What did I used to do? What did I used to think? How did I used to act? Could not recall because it was just that kind of experience, you know. So it, it's a it's a letter worth reading, even if you're not a a vegano fan or b a Trump fan. Read it anyway. Because one of the key things that we can think of in or lessons we can learn in all of this, especially in light of Archbishop Bolton Gregory's comments criticizing President Trump for going to the JP2 shrine mm-hmm. or to St. John's or whatever, is we must choose to be Catholic first and foremost. Well, see, and that's what didn't make sense to me about that whole situation. Like, if we have a president who is going before God himself, he was shown kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament, we believe that is Christ. That is yes. God's body, blood, soul, and divinity. Amen. And so it is appropriate that the leader of our country would kneel before God. There shouldn't be backlash well, from him going and praying before the Blessed Sacrament. And now I can yeah. understand. I know yeah. um, I actually did hear somebody say, well, it looked like he just took a photo op with the Bible yeah, because maybe. he didn't read from it. And I'm like, look. You, he went and he looked at the problems that had happened at St. John's because of the location. If he had picked out a scripture, I guarantee you somebody would have been upset about there's the always, translation yeah, that he had. always going to be somebody so, upset. I mean, as far as like, you know, it's important for him to show that he supports the Christian faith, that he's, that he is Christian, mm. and, and thank God he's not bowing before somebody of another religion, well, you know, especially one that, that is anti-Christian that actively works against them. I, so. I was listening to the commentary of Dan Bongiano mm-hmm. after, after the, uh, the assault on the White House. And Dan Bongiano is a, is a former Secret Service agent. Okay. He worked at the White House under George Bush Jr. Mm-hmm. And, it's not Jr. George W. Bush George and w. Bush, yeah. uh, and President Obama. Right? He worked for both of those presidents at the White House on their details. He spent many a Sundays at uh, at St. John's Church, standing their guard to make sure that the President of the United States would be free and safe to be able to visit that church on that day. And so when he when he described what what he perceived happened at the White House on uh, on that night where they attacked the 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 compound the, the White House compound after discussing it with his with his friends at the Secret Service that to me sent 
shivers down my spine. He said they worked in a coordinated, calculated, strategic way. It wasn't just some, you know, arbitrary people just expressing opinion and getting out of control. No, they worked coordinated. They had a strategy that they tried to penetrate the actual grounds of the White House. They would coordinate and move in a strategic way, much like we trained in the Marine Corps, mm. to act in a very strategic way under fire. He said this is what they did. That should send shivers. I don't care who the president is, Democrat, Republican, I do not care. I would have never wanted that to have happened to President Obama, ever, mm-hmm. under any circumstances. Well, that- so when he said that, and the next day to see President Trump say, I'm going across this park mm-hmm. and I'm going to stand there because it's ridiculous that they that they would burn this church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was That's a very symbolic mo- gesture that whether we are conservative or liberal, we should support. Absolutely. And the fact that he walked, they were saying that no other president has walked. Could you imagine the conversation with Secret Service on that one? Yeah. By the way, boys, I'm walking over there. And the thing is, it's it's an act of humility. It's an act of, like, vulnerability. And so, and I'm really curious now, I'm just kind of glancing at Vigano's letter, and it said, and his, and just to quote one sentence real quickly, it says, and it appears that the children of darkness whom we may easily identify with the deep state, which you wisely oppose, and which is fiercely waging war against you in these days, have decided to show their cards, so to speak, by now revealing their plans. And I'm like, okay, I got to read this now. Because when I hear deep state, I'm thinking like, oh, conspiracy theory. When Vigano says it, I'm like, okay, that is probably a specific group with specific names because he has been naming people. Mm. So the question is going to be, what else? What else is there? And how can we stand up to protect the president even? I mean, culturally, we got to. I really think, really, I think what's going to end up happening in November is going to be watching the voting system, watching to make sure that people do not steal the vote from either side and just allowing, because I really think common sense will rule the day. I'm hoping <laughs> and I'm praying and I, I'm thinking it will. Well, I, I, I've kind of got myself in a little trouble with friends on Facebook uh, since the COVID uh, pandemic, if you will, started in that I've always said from the beginning, we cannot solve the world's problems from a worldly perspective. That's true. Only uh, this is a spiritual combat, but that doesn't and the spiritual tools and the weapons we have are uh, from uh, sacraments and sacramentals mm-hmm. are the key to success. And personal holiness is the answer to our crisis today. And you cannot uh, injustice to Mr. Floyd. You know, Mr. Floyd did five stints in prison. Mm-hmm. Mr. Floyd uh, helped to kick down a door and hold a pregnant woman hostage mm-hmm. while they ransacked her house. Was Mr. Floyd is not is not the poster boy for for personal holiness, and yet he did not deserve to have uh, someone uh, put a, a knee on his neck and, until he could not breathe anymore. He Absolutely. didn't deserve that, irregardless. So the answer to our problems in every circumstance is personal holiness and and, and praying for the sanctification of the world. And when we can do that, when we can see other human beings as being made in the image and likeness of God, that's when we're going to have a difference. But the reality is we have divorced ourselves from the Lord. We've divorced ourselves from the sacraments. And the, the, the most powerful tools we have to at our access, we have, we've shelved them. And they're collecting dust. Well, and as I know as I'm praying outside of the abortion facility through Houston Coalition for Life, one of the things I'll see is people will come up and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do about ending abortion. I don't know what I'm going to do to help protect these lives. And um, I'll say, well, we need to pray about that and let's focus on that. And so they will spend an hour in prayer. And by the end of that hour, they'll say, they, the ones that are wanting to do something else will say, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Or I was out there praying one, one time and one guy was like, we need our priests involved. We need them to preach from the pulpit. And that is true. But at the same time, I was like, well, let's pray 
pray about that. A priest showed up to pray with us while he was praying. And at the end of that prayer, he was like, you know what I need to do? I need to do. And he started going through this laundry list of things to help him to promote the pro-life message. And I think similarly with black lives being, you know, more at risk as we're seeing things come forward, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you see that culturally, do something about it besides causing more violence to somebody else. And so pray about right. it and think about what God is calling you to do, whether, whether it's voting, whether it's helping to build um, businesses and create jobs for these people, whether it's um, going in and helping with um, shelters or something like that, you know, to help heal. Maybe you're going to become a teacher, but but help them to build that better life and not destroy their own life. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, I know we're going to talk about this more. Um, with Officer Robles, but as far as like one of the things that really concerned me um, was it even if you were for writing, which is totally wrong, even if you were for that, the, the part of the challenge is that we're seeing these 15, 14 year olds getting screamed at by these adults that they respect and they're getting pushed to, to want to, to riot. Yeah. And then they're going to ruin their, their ability to be able to get into this, you know, into a healthier society because they're going to have this extra Public baggage. Public shaming too. Right. They're going to have this extra baggage on, on them. So how are they going to build a successful life after they yeah. get, you know, they got, you know, criminal record on you know yeah. so it's it's really rough right now it's and so we just need to continue to pray and educate for establishing a better community and i you know what what gets me really is the the mass manipulation of peoples for an agenda mm-hmm. that that that's what bugs me most of all i don't i don't want to be a part of a manipulation of peoples for an agenda now i have an agenda let's be clear my agenda is the salvation of souls through the holy catholic church which is the one church christ founded on planet earth and calls every soul to. That's my only agenda. So the agenda to to uh, to uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, of course they don't. But matter is not good enough. Black lives right. are whole, are precious in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. Black lives are are made in the image and likeness of God Himself. They have a dignity, and we don't want to reduce that to just matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, humans matter. Mm-hmm. Of course. Lives are precious. This is why we can't squander them. In New York, more babies are aborted of color than they are born. And yet we see, according to LiveAction.org, this article about two pro-life women, African-American, black Mm -hmm. Americans, standing guard in front of this Planned Parenthood to try to prevent abortions, are arrested. Yeah. They were told by the... Where's the the justice for that? Well, they were told that they had to leave because they weren't six feet apart from other people. But the reality is they were there first. They had shown up at first and they had the ability They're to defending be defending black lives is what they were trying to do absolutely because well, those lives matter and the thing is this is coming back to to haunt the court system too because um for example mark maybury who is in portland oregon was told he couldn't have a sign in a certain location to be able to to stand there and defend the unborn peacefully and he has now received a fifty thousand dollar settlement um in portland oregon and then there's also i mean you can look at david delighton's materials where he was behaving legally he went through and he made sure that all of his materials would be legal and he, now he's suing kamala harris You've got, um, and and now we're also in a position where we can go through the court system to to um, allow. I'm sorry, not through the court system, through Congress to be able to ha- have fines put in place so that way the unborn are protected. And I'm sure there. I mean, there are legal protections for people of color there because there are protections for everyone. So the question is, are we are we following those laws? 
that will be able to allow us to raise our voices publicly and civilly? And are we actually following those laws that will be able to yeah. to build that those economic bridges? Because there's the reality is we had a, a black president. We have black astronauts. We have black police officers. We have black teachers and technicians and lawyers and doctors. And I had two amazing professors, two of my favorite professors, philosophy teachers. You know, like they're. They are everywhere. They're in Congress. We've got a black mayor here in Houston. You know, in Georgia, you've got a black woman mayor. So Kamala Harris herself, even though I don't agree with her politically, like there are people who there are people at every stage of our society and every stage of our government. And to deprive these youth, deprive the young people when they're just starting out of the ability to see that future is not fair to them. Right. That would be disrespectful to them. Yeah. And so it's very important for us to keep in mind, like, we care more about these people than the Black Lives Matter movement. This is this is something where we would be disrespectful to them. It would be an act of disrespect to allow them to continue in this behavior because it's destroying people and it's destroying them. We are getting ready to go to a break and we come back. We're going to be speaking with Officer Jesus Robles, a good friend of mine and a member of the Houston Police Department. And these have been difficult days for our police officers. You know, the, the, the vast majority, the, the, the statistics simply do not bear out that there is a systemic, uh, issue amongst police departments across our country of violence towards, uh, people of color. They just don't bear out that way. You look up the statistics, any website you prefer, and, uh, you tell me I'm wrong. It just doesn't bear out. It's not a systemic problem. So. In a day and an age when rioting is uh, being allowed to happen across our country by various uh, states or cities or what have you, it, we're putting good people in harm's way to have to protect mm-hmm. the right to be able to voice the concern and ask for justice for Mr. Floyd. And we ought to ask for justice for Mr. George Floyd. Because I said, no matter no matter his background, the five prison stints he did for his crimes that he committed, or the fact that when he was arrested, it was for committing a crime and being high at the time. It doesn't matter. It, it still doesn't matter. He still did not deserve that. And, the, and any crimes committed by the police officers should be prosecuted uh, justly and properly, according to the law, according to our court system. And yet we are seeing this uh, opportunity to fan the flame of hate, fan the flame of violence, fan the flame of, of, of crazy. Why? Why? And I think that's at the heart of the vegan letter. And then I encourage everybody to read that. Vigano to, uh, to the President of the United States, President Donald Trump. So we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to have uh, Officer Jesus Robles on. Did you know uh, CBN is reporting 36 people were killed last week? I think it was Friday, uh, from Islamic militants in, uh, in Africa, villages in both, uh, Mali and Nigeria. That violence continues to happen there. And we don't talk about that. We don't uh, bring that up much anymore, do we? And yet those poor people People are dying for their faith. Let's remember to be Catholic today. Above all things else, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven before we are citizens of any particular country on this planet. We are pilgrims here. We are not residents here. Let's be about the mission. Heaven. Heaven is the point. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Officer Jesus Robles on a very difficult discussion today talking about riots and police, what it's like from the police perspective right here on the GRN. You're listening to GRN Alive. Now is a great time to call 877-757-9424. 
I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years, you know, because there's so much trash. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. If your purpose in life is to find God, not just here, but after you die, then living out that purpose is going to color absolutely everything you do. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. While listening to your favorite Guadalupe Radio Network radio station, have you ever stopped to say to yourself, Oh, if I could only hear that again! Well, the good news is you can. Just log on to grnonline.com. We have links to podcast versions of our programming. Again, grnonline.com. Make sure to enable the location service when you're prompted. It will deliver your local station information, plus connect you to all the network stuff as well. grnonline.com. You can turn your unused vehicle into a tax-deductible donation to the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's a lot simpler than you might think, too. Just call 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click Donate Now. One of our representatives will gladly walk you through the process, even arrange pickup. Later model cars or trucks are greatly appreciated. Just call 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click Donate Now. Here we go. Welcome back to GRN Alive. Uh, live here in the studios of Houston, Texas. Praise be to Jesus. Ball across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Not just on your radio station. By the way, you should check out the brand new website, grnonline.com. It's a great experience. If you enable location services on your browser, it will deliver to you the GRN brand with your local custom information, your local radio station, your local contact information, events, and more right there at grnonline.com. But let's just say you don't want to do that. No problem. Just go to grnonline.com, go to the top left corner, and you can choose your station from the drop-down list. And that's another great way to see not only what's going on in your community, but across the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're also live on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. And once we go off the radio, we stay on the social media for another half hour. We call it the after show. We have a bit more candid conversation. We let our hair down, and some of us have more hair than others, as I like to say, so uh, you're welcome to that. But joining us live in the studio right now is a friend of mine, Officer Jesus Robles. Good morning. Good morning. May I say a little prayer before we, Please, uh, we yeah. start this little segment? Uh, especially we're going to ask our patron saint, St. Michael the Archangel. Here we go. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wicked, the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And though thou, prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And praise wow. be to Jesus Christ. Uh, wow, what what troubling times it would feel, you know. And it's it. it I remember the la- I said this now several weeks in a row, but the last show of the year, 
Teresa yes. and I were talking about, uh, you know, difficult times. The last show of last year. I ended the show by saying, look out, buckle up, 2020 is going to be a bumpy ride. Well, you know? and the focus was St. Saint, Saint jo- um, Saint Joseph, so you were saying, hang on to St. Joseph because this yeah. is going to be a rough year. You yeah. know, 2020, when I saw the year 2020, I saw clarity, 2020 vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, this year 2020 is going to open up clarity for a lot of things. I don't know what it is, but in the spiritual realm, yeah. it's going to open up a lot, and it's probably the year of fire, and we're going to be <laughs> purified and, and, and you yeah. know be, be, be as pure as gold. But this is the year that we're being pruned, and, and a lot we of are. things are coming up. You know, and this, as a dad, mm-hmm. okay, as a dad, I, I, I can remember Hurricane Ike, 2008, and it was a giant windstorm, knocked the power out across town, and we had no electricity for 13 days. Yes. And I, I had a, I had a 1999 Dodge Caravan. <laughs> and I would idle it in the driveway every night and run an extension cord off of it to run one oscillating fan so that my, my wife and kids could have some air wow. to sleep under because wow. it was like September and it was like 85 billion percent humid. Yes, right? Yes. And, uh, and then I thought, oh, we'll be fine. Couple days, couple yeah. days. Gotta and keep then, the wife happy. Yeah. <laughs> And then when uh, when the grocery store finally said, all right, we're going to let people in, they let one person in for every person out. But while you were in there, it was every man for himself. Wow. And my 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 papa bear mode kicked in. And I thought, <laughs> I have I need to provide for my family. Like, how do, how do I feed them? How, how, what do I do here? So anytime there's this kind of unrest, it's that papa bear mentality. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded over the weekend... Uh, I, I was gifted with the opportunity to volunteer for Looter Watch at my parish downtown. You know, at 2.30 in the morning when you see the, the, the crazy stuff that goes on at 2.30 in a, in a major city in America. When the and everyone's <laughs> yes. wandering around, and, not quite uh, ready to drive. <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it, that Papa Bear instinct comes out. But I'm rem- I was reminded in the process that, of St. Paul's words that this is not a... Uh, a battle for worldly tools. It's a battle for spiritual mm-hmm. tools. That's right. And I was just thinking about you, my friend. You know, it, and you're it, like got one foot in both worlds. This is the this is the year where I think the, the you know the Lord has put us so that we can trim out everything else that's you know the excess of, of our lives and and let's go back to basics. What is the basics? The Lord. Then what is the basics? The the dignity of of, of life. The, the the loving ones. You know, brothers, lo- loving brothers and sisters. Uh, going yeah. back home. You know, some of us have lost our homes. Some of us have lost that uh, um, the communication with our families. And you know, through COVID nineteen, has taken us back home and kind of reclaimed something that was lost. But it's a shame that a lot of us haven't been able to connect that and and have lost even more because we failed to see that this. Was a connection with our with our families and and, and be the priests, kings, and prophets in mm-hmm. our own homes and and some of us have wasted so much time just being angry at the situation and we're just trying to look for other ways and and, and well anyways you've been talking to my wife again haven't you she's oh. been telling me stories about me I can see it angry I've been angry I've been really angry during I, this time I re- I remember I remember seeing the frustration about not yeah. being able to go to mass and and and, and taking you know and receiving the Eucharist um and and, of, and we move from that state to another state, which which is, uh, you know, in, in a way, uh, another type of, of, of COVID where a lot of people are just standing by. A mm. lot of people are praying at home. A lot of people are marching out. You know, it's it's um, 
it, it's it's a moment of 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 speaking out and and, and the, you know the police department were were there to um, I can't imagine of, how difficult it is to be the brunt of the speaking out yeah. at the same time being the protectors to ensure they can speak out yeah. like yeah. what a what a what a challenge to yeah. be the, the the again the brunt of that attack and yet the ones to ensure that they have the right to yes, say that. That's right, and that's the right we have to protect as police officers. We have to be able to 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 take it as it comes. We have to be able to protect the protester. We have to be able to protect the people that are watching the protest and businesses and everything. We have to protect everybody. And you know, one thing that makes me real proud, Joe, of working in the in the, in the Houston Police Department is that we had Lee P. Brown. He was one of the first appointed Black Af- African American chiefs in, in in the you know in Houston, and he is the one. That that uh, um, established community policing began here in Houston mm. with the Houston Police Department and spread all over the country. So we have been working with the community. We have been we have liaisons in our department that constantly work with every uh, uh, demo of the of the uh, you know of the citizens of Houston, mm. and we represent everybody in our in our department. And we we've been doing this for years. And and thank God we've been able to connect with the pastors. With some of the organizers of these of these walks, they 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 work with us. They let us know what's going on. They let us know about how many people are expected. They let us know what they want from us and how mm-hmm. they want us to participate, other than providing security. So we've been really blessed and shielded shielded here in Houston uh, that we've been working uh, with our with our community stakeholders and and thank God it's it's worked out very well. And and you know the citizens of Houston love their police department. Uh, the police department has been very reciprocal that and uh our chief you know has been out there also uh with with, with the flag of uh of, you know of, of unity with the flag of uh of of peace um mm. and you know he's the man of the hour and he's been out there uh in, in a way representing the department in a way that we have never been represented before uh especially opening up uh officers uh to speak to di- in different platforms about what HPD is all about. We're talking with Officer Jesus Robles of the Houston Police Department, a good friend of mine, committed Catholic husband and father, police officer, and uh, about a very difficult subject. And I want to ask you, uh, let's mm-hmm. just get right to the, the more difficult, meaty part of the conversation. Uh, I, you know, I, I was searching. I didn't find a single person in uh, my contact list who didn't think black lives mattered. Absolutely. I couldn't find a single one. I mean, I looked... I, no one thought that black lives didn't matter. Of course they matter. That seems so obvious to me that all lives matter. And, uh, and what is it? How did you feel? How did you personally feel when um, when you saw Derek Chauvin put his knee on the neck of of Mr. Uh, George Floyd as a police officer, as a man, as a husband, you as know, a father? I mean, did yeah. the last five years six seven years ten years how many of these riots have we had do you just shrug and you're like oh here we go again how no. do you feel well when we saw that and i'm speaking about myself and, and as, a, as a man when i saw that it, it was it was something horrible i, I couldn't I, I couldn't see it, it was hard to see it was hard to see a, a a man in blue dressed like me you know going out there and, and, and enforcing the law in in a way that was very unjust and using force that was not supposed to be done that way nowhere have we been trained to do anything like that and and to me it was it was terrible it was the worst feeling ever it was the most frustrating thing uh because 
what what do we try to do as police officers? We try to build bridges. We have uh, programs like POW, you know, that that, that do uh, sports with the kids. They they communicate with the youth through sports. Mm-hmm. So we have officers that specialize in this, and they know how to speak to these kids. And, and again, we have explorers and all kinds of things, and we're. Co- Constantly trying to connect with these kids, and and all of a sudden now you have images like this that are blown up now yeah. everywhere, and it's something extremely unjust. And yeah. I know from that moment, uh, Joe, I knew that that there was going to be, you know, some a lot of unrest coming. Similarly, out of that. Mm-hmm. every time a news story comes out of a Catholic bishop or a priest involved in a scandal of uh, molesting uh, young men. Or others, or yes. even women, I, I just go, oh my heavens, here we go again. And you know, it's their responsibility, to Joe, that we have as, as well as pastors and priests. You, you're brood, you're prepared to to just un- have an understanding of the dignity of the human being to the highest of understandings. But if, if, again, we are falling individuals, and we're going to fall. And and that's that's the that's the bad part of this. As as officers, we have big, been given a right. From the citizens and from the community to be able to take someone's rights for breaking the law or to even defend life by taking life. Yeah. And that's where our profession becomes very different from everything else. We have been granted by the Constitution and by the powers of, of the people to be able to enforce these laws. But mm-hmm. again, it's expected that we respect Every individual that we, you know, the, the the dignity of every individual is respected, and that the law is is enforced in in its proper way. We've all been trained that once you have a, a, an individual arrested and and in custody, you know, to to provide the necessities so that they don't it doesn't escalate to anything else. We've mm. all been trained through that, and it's it's consistent. Uh, and, and you know, we're gonna have to reinforce some of that. How does your wife feel about all this? My wife uh, is sadly uh, she is she's very nervous, con- constantly very nervous, and she's very scared. Is she worn out. Uh, she's worn out physically. She's worn out mentally and psych- uh, psychologically. It it is. It's a drain for her. It's a drain to, you know, she's closed her her Facebook and social media accounts. The news cycle is relentless. I, I tell her, do not watch the news. There's nothing new that you're going to see. And you either. scroll through Facebook, and it's always these videos of yeah. of crazy anarchy and chaos and and it just it'll just it'll just tear you down. Well, what's frustrating is the media is really trying to point out like this is where the the hot news is. This is where you know if it if it le- if it bleeds it leads, and so they totally it, there's so much ignoring of how much good the police officers are doing right now. So I was mm-hmm. so so relieved um, when I see these videos on Facebook where like you'll see a police officer who's comforting a little black girl and she's like, "Are you going to shoot us?" And I he's know. like and he's it's like, tragic. "No, no." He's like, "Are you?" He's like, "You, you know, if you're going to party, you want to party. If you want to protest, you protest." He's like, "Just don't break anything." You know, just and don't so, break anything. Yeah, you're fine. It's and simple. so and and just teaching those young people, like getting them a chance to see the police officers. I remember as a kid like getting a chance to go to the fire station, go to the police station, get a chance to like just see them and uh, not in action like in dangerous action, but just like listen to the sirens and just be aware that that they are your friends and that's yeah. who that's who's there to protect you and mm-hmm. i think that's one of the things that it's very important for us to remember. I, I know um, I had talked to some friends a while back about the concern. Why is crime rate so high in Chicago? Well, because the police let the you know let those poor communities have their way. They said, "Fine, 
good luck. Bye. You know, and, yeah. and that was a big part of the problem. And so if we have budgets cut for these police officers yeah. who are providing for their families, who are protecting us, that's going to be a huge, huge problem. Yeah, this is a story that really shocks me to no end. L.A. has reduced the budget of their police department. Uh, the city of Minneapolis, the council anyway, not the mayor, but the, the council there uh, said that they wanted to disband the police department. Apparently they have a, uh, a veto. Um, they can overcome a veto. But the mayor apparently is against it. Uh, Elon Omar, who is also from Minnesota, uh, has been speaking out about disbanding police departments. I don't understand what goes through someone's mind. I, I mean, I don't want to get into the politics of this, but it, from a human perspective, who's going to defend us? Is it we all, now we all must have AR-15s, apparently, mm-hmm. to defend ourselves, my home, my family, my, our businesses, our friends, our, our neighbors, our colleagues. You know, it's going to be the wild, wild west. I mean, what do these people want? It seems insane to me. Well, and even, even whenever you have two people that are in conflict, if you call the police, because it's escalated to the point where you need to call the police, like not just calling them because you felt like because you're mad, but like if you have an escalation, you know that the police is going to be there to intervene for you. They stand yes. as that shield for you, and so they're there to help moderate the situation. You don't expect them to come there to you know just lock somebody up. I mean, you might be that mad that you're well, hoping they will be, but yeah. they're there to de-escalate the situation. And so de-escalation is really the name of the mm-hmm. game, if you will. And and so as far as for Houston, I was just curious. I heard there were 400 riots. There were 60,000 at that one big protest, you know, talking and for George Floyd. No buildings Floyd. were burned at that and, time. No. Right. Praise be to Jesus. No. And what do you think? What do you think? You know, how it, did that come about? It, again, it's the it's the community policing. Uh, the 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 ties that we have with the different pastors in the different communities. A lot of people were represented in that 60,000 uh, person march, and we had people policing other people. We had people pointing out, "Hey, he's uh he's over there. He's he's, he's he has a he has a bat or he's got something in his hand. Notify the police officers and and we had that that communication. Of course, That's awesome. You have that point one percent of of individuals that had nothing, no business to do in that in that uh, walk, yeah. and, and you can you can see them because they, their intentions, well, what they have in their hands. And- our volunteers at our parish downtown, uh, downtown Houston. Uh, again, I was uh, part of a volunteer uh, effort to do looter watch down there. And some of our volunteers were sharing uh, with me how they personally witnessed uh, Antifa being dropped off at that corner, and by the by the carload, one carload after another carload after another carload with with out of state license plates and the whole nine yards, and rushing over to the to the big thing, and uh, and that's very um, concerning. That's for one of those citizens. things, uh, Joe, for the, for, for the people that are out there to peacefully protest and, and, and communicate their frustrations out, uh, you know, I, I exhort you that if you see anything suspicious, mm-hmm. if you see anybody laying down brick on the side of the street. Which it, we did find. Bricks, yes, we, yes, we did. Uh, and and we, we caught it in time before the yeah, actual walk started. Jesus. So, you know, the, the Antifa or anybody that was out there to cause any problems didn't have access to it. Mm-hmm. So if we, if you see, if you're a protester, if you're going to be walking the way, the best way you can help us out is, and the, you, you know your police department is call it in if you see something suspicious you see a group of people with with weapons in their hands you want to call it in so that we're notified and we know exactly where the situation is and that way everyone else has the chance to peacefully walk and show their frustrations and show and, and show that you know that good energy that that you want things to change you want people to listen to you so you don't it doesn't get you know dirty it out with all this other stuff that people that have no business 
you know, being in that walk with you. And of course, I do exhort, uh, families, uh, you know, that, that have kids and young ones that if, if they can try and, and, and keep the kids maybe at home so you can, if anything was to happen, if anything was to break out, if any, uh, violence is to, is to, is to get out there out of hand, then you need to, you know, protect your kids. And that's what I saw, Joe. A lot of people that, you know, participated in these walks, they heard the family out, they were there for that gathering, and then right as soon as I was done, you know, the families and everybody that was participating, they started walking home. Again, it's it's that relationship, yeah, that community policing, and now our our chief is is promoting hard the relational policing. Relational policing wants us to have not only community policing to know mm-hmm. your communities, but he wants you to have a relationship with stakeholders in your community and what the people in your in your uh, civic club meetings. He wants us to yeah. to visit them. He wants us to feel the temperature of 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 the community and get get their concerns and, and bring them up to to the captains of each of the divisions that we have in the in the city of Houston. So mm-hmm. maybe that's a good idea for some of the other departments that maybe don't mm-hmm. have that type of outreach. Practice more yeah. more outreach. We're talking with Officer Jesus Robles from the Houston Police Department about the riots and uh, the injustices that we've been dealing with the last couple of weeks here, and uh, we have a few minutes left in our radio program, about four minutes left. We're, we will stay on social media until about 9.30 for the after show, but if you're just hanging out with us, thanks for being a part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We have a few minutes left in our radio show today. Um, you know, there is injustice that does happen in police yes. departments. I, I remember growing up, uh, you know, watching the movie Colors about, uh, you know, injustices that happened in the L.A. Police Department. And there are some famous stories from that particular police department on injustices. And this does occur uh, in probably in every state in the union. That's right. There are stories of some injustice or another. But the point I want to make is I have felt for a very long time now that I've seen the police, and this is similar to how I see seminarians. We should – it's a vocation. That's right. I don't believe just anybody is called to being a police officer. I believe God calls certain people to become police officers. And I think when we separate who we are and what we do from our intrinsic value as, as made in the image and likeness of God and our, in our call as being sons and daughters of the Most High, then bad things can happen, no That's matter right. what our jobs are. In our brokenness, Joe, it, it's, we're all subject to it, just like a priest can, can fall and, and do something that's not right. Me as, as as a man, as a father, as a husband, if I turn around and I am unfaithful to my wife, I'm held to the same to the same standards. The only thing unfortunate is that a priest is out there for everyone to judge, and me is just it's just me, right? Yeah. And the only one that can judge me is at home is my wife, maybe my my immediate family members, and some of my friends. But again, as men, we're we're supposed to be chaste. We're supposed to keep ourselves to our to our wives and to our families, and and that's our ministry and protect that. The, the the trouble though with police officers is they're human. I guess well that's well I was gonna say that's everybody's saying. problem. But the trouble <laughs> is uh, humans have bad days, yeah. right? We all have bad days. But a police officer has a gun and a badge. That's right. And it, I can imagine it is very difficult for police officers to really control themselves. It, you know, not I lose my temper all the time. Um, I imagine that's uh, equally or even harder for police officers to be able to maintain control of their emotions and control of their faculties and in well, every situation with everybody having a cell phone camera and all the time everywhere. I mean, uh, maybe you can just speak to that in the last couple of minutes. What is that like for you as a police officer? How do you 
How do you maintain personal holiness and uh, in the midst of crazy and chaotic? You got two minutes. You know, uh, every time we get called out to a scene, it's not because it's a happy day or it's the best day of their lives. It's because there is a need, there is an outcry, and somebody needs help. Uh, the way I look at this is, is 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 that's the time to shine. It's the time to be that lamp in in the darkness to shine. It's time to be that salt, right? To give it taste, to give it flavor. It's yeah. time to be that uh you know that 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 yeast. You know, you gotta be put into the, into that, into that, uh, uh, the leaven's gotta leaven its bread, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, the way I look at it is, it's, it's, it's time to shine, baby. This is it. This is, this is the place. This is what you were made for. You need to come and, and, and listen. First, listen to what's going on to the people out here in, in that 911 call and the need, you know, and then again, uh, in discern the situation and, and make a move, right? Yeah, amen. But again, you can impact lives. It, it, it seize the opportunity when you arrive to a scene, and I'm speaking to police officers. Seize the opportunity. There's kids. That's your time to shine. That's your time to 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 be who you're called to be. And so, like Saint Catherine of Siena, you know, you will set the world ablaze. So you know, it, we all have a ministry in our lives, and 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 the police department is one of those that really it takes it takes a lot of heart to go out there and really serve the public. And that's what we're here for, Joe. Yeah. Serve the public. If you're in it for a check, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> Be very, On more levels poor. than one, I'm sure. <laughs> You're going to be very poor, yeah. Well, Officer Jesus Robles, thank you for your service. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. To I want to thank your, your wife in particular for her service, for uh, letting you go out every day. And for Amen. the wives and family members, husbands of every police officer in this country who uh, lets their spouse go to work today. And knowing that there could be bad news at the end of that day. And still, they get up and they still they see to it. That takes courage. What is it? There's no greater love than for a man to lay down his life for his friend. Yeah. And that's that's the spirit of how we go to work every day. Wow. Praise be to Jesus. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the radio side of our show today across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Don't forget, share starts tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Your opportunity to be a part of the fanning of Catholic awesomeness in a time and an age of chaos and confusion. Let's bring clarity and courage to this world around us, and you can be a part of the mission here at the Guadalupe Radio Network. 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, share starts, goes to Friday at 7 p.m. We want you to be a part of that. Tune in. I double-dog dare you to tune in tomorrow morning. Stick around. We're going to be a part of the after show until 9.30 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search for us at GRN Online. I may get myself into some serious trouble when I share with you my thoughts on uh, criminal uh, reformation. Yeah, that'll that'll stir up some trouble. Stick around right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network for more of the good, the true, and the beautiful. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And take Jesus wherever you go this week. Joel Matthews here, CPA with Turlington, Reeves, and Orlando. I'm a parishioner at Epiphany Lord Catholic Church in Katy, and I believe we all need to take our faith to work. We're Christians not only on Sunday, but also on Monday. So when I'm helping small business owners with their taxes, we make sure to keep our priorities in the right order. 
You can learn more about me at our website, trocpa.com. That's trocpa.com. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen.